0: for another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is the intimacy coach, Coach LJ. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be on your podcast.
0: I'm honored to have you. I actually came across your page because um, me and your husband are friends, but I don't, <laughs> being honest, I don't know how I came across your page. I don't know why I said that. <laughs>
1: but, yeah i'm I, I'm wondering, yeah, how did you come across my page? <laughs> um, man,
0: you know what i' I'm, I'm always on Instagram looking for people to talk to um, and I just popped up, yeah, did you sponsor one of your things? I did not well, I well anyways, I,
1: it was meant to be that we would connect and talk,
0: yeah, so first of all. Intimacy coach, like in your words, what what is that? What is an intimacy coach?
1: So an intimacy coach is someone who helps either individuals or couples with any aspect of intimacy. So that could be issues with physical intimacy, emotional intimacy, communication, um, things of that nature. So it's really a big, huge area um, of what they can help couples deal with. A host of things, even some sexual dysfunctions and things like that. So coaching tries to help them to determine what goal, what issue they have, what goal they're trying to reach and get them from point A to point B. Um, Yeah. And it's not like therapy. So it's definitely different. It looks at what's happening today and how can we help you to get to whatever your intended goal is in a certain time period.
0: How long have you been doing it?
1: I've been I started in early walk well, I can say I would say late 2020, like you know, so that was when the pandemic was happening. So I would say about a year and a half now I've gotten into uh, this space, but I've always been someone who loved to talk about relationships and love and uh, anything of that nature. So this seems to be a, a natural fit for me.
0: You said 20 you said you started in 2020.
1: Yes, the end of 2020.
0: Did you did you notice like a need like you like were people around you complaining about intimacy? So you felt like that was a need to dis- discuss or
1: great question. So let me just let me just give you a little insight to my mind. So I, like I said I've always loved relationships and love and talking about that aspect, but to be perfectly honest with you, I kept feeling like there was something else I needed to do in life in the world. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, but I was like, I need to be given back in some other capacity, but I wasn't sure what that was. And I had brought up, talked to my husband about, mm, what if I was some kind of a Um, A therapist helping people with, you know, physical intimacy issues. And I kind of like pushed that off on the table. So then I actually worked with a clarity coach and we went down and we talked about all the things I could do with my gifts and talents were, and this popped back up again. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I really should do this. So I was like, let me pursue it. And also just in going in life. I've heard a lot of people complain about issues they have with their, you know, their significant others, their husbands, their wives. And I'm thinking, why is that the case? Why are there so many issues? Why are people having problems? What's the disconnect? Like, let me see if I can kind of help and bridge that gap. So I thought that I would be a natural fit here because you know, I'm super honest, I'm open, I'm non-judgmental, and people could find a safe space with me.
0: I noticed that you that you on multiple occasions said physical intimacy, but I want you to define intimacy because a lot of, a lot of people only focus on the physical aspect of intimacy.
1: Absolutely. So intimacy is more than just the physical piece. That's one point and one part, and that's really important, but there's also the emotional part, the recreational part, spiritual, intellectual, and I can break that down. So physical course that's touch, that's sex, that's intercourse, that's all of the things that you were doing that you're kind of touching someone. So not just sex, it's greater than sex, but the emotional piece is really like your feelings, you know, are you connecting, are you sharing your heart, are you guys connecting about how you feel about things, um, which that is a big indicator on how good your physical intimacy are going to be. So those two kind of work hand in hand. There's also the recreational piece, you know, are you guys having fun together, doing shared activities, things of that nature. Spiritual, if you are a spiritual person, are you connecting spiritually together? Are you praying together? Are you doing those things that will get you to whatever it is that you have as your spiritual um, network? And intellectually, are you guys discussing some of the the bigger issues the world issues things like that not just the small talk but are you talking about you know your goals and sharing your life and things like that together so it's it's bigger than the physical piece I think a lot of people think that when you say intimacy it's synonymous with like sex and physical intimacy but it's so much bigger and greater than that
0: Mm. did when you when you were growing up as a kid did you did you see intimacy in your own home
1: Well, I would say my mom, my parents were divorced growing up, um, but so I didn't see it from a standpoint of my mom showing that with um, a significant other or a husband, because she was not married. But in terms of my mom being physically connecting with me, absolutely. I think that's why I'm so touchy-feely today, because I am a person (laughs) that everyone knows I'm always hugging and touching. And and so she, you know, physically loves hug, kiss me all the time, but I did not see that in a like marital relationship or um you know male female situation that wasn't something that i saw on a daily basis
0: let me ask you because you said you didn't see it growing up and unfortunately especially within our community a lot of us don't see it growing up do you think that's a major factor in us having problems with intimacy
1: that's an excellent question I think so I think I, I think so I think because a lot of and, and not everyone I think in my time period growing up, I didn't see it as much. And so I think people kind of look to what they see on TV and what they see in the movies. And a lot of that is not realistic or it's this glorified version of it. And it's not really seeing the whole picture of what intimacy entails. And so then you have this misconception of what it is. And so you're looking for something or you're trying to search for something that's not really real. And so I think people need to have a better definition of what it is, and so that they can be able to navigate that with their significant other.
0: Have you seen the aspect of intimacy that people struggle with more than other areas of intimacy?
1: Yes. So I think typically it's the physical part. So issues with, you know, disconnecting sexually or low sex drive or mismatched sex drives, Um, or, you know, for, so for me, let me just back up for a second. So for me, I would say my, I work specifically, let me just say that with, I would say my area is with, um, Christian women. So Christian wives. And so that's kind of the standpoint I, the lens I'm looking from. And so for a lot of women wives, you know, a lot of the issue is, is not being pleased, not, not finding it pleasurable. Um, and then from the emotional standpoint is not feeling, you know, understood and not having their love tank full and not being able to get you know they're not getting the feelings that they want to feel from their their mate or their spouse so i think it's simply the physical part and the emotional part which kind of work hand in hand
0: so you said you deal more with christian women yes let me do you think do you think christian women have a harder time opening up about sex
1: I think that women and some women in general do, but I think that Christian women have a different time because a harder time, probably because of what is taught a lot of times in the church. Um, I think a lot of us are taught that, you know, we don't talk about sex it's very taboo you only talk about it when you're married and then when you do get married are we supposed to talk about that with you know there's no one kind of prepping or equipping or getting them prepared for it so and it's from the standpoint of you know i think a lot of it's about the man the perspective of the man so i think there are a lot of wives who feel like they just have sex to have kids or to please their husbands and not realizing that they're supposed to get pleasure out of it as well
0: we we, we say women you said you said they look at it more in the aspect of a man
1: well yeah, I think from the like looking at it sex. I know like, you know, they know that it's supposed to be something that they both do, but I think a lot of it is from the in the aspect of, you know, I don't know if you heard the term like duty sex, like you have to fulfill your husband's needs and you know, men want sex, men want sex more than women. And you know, things like that which makes it seem as if sex is more for the male than it is for the female. And I think that's something uh, that needs to be corrected
0: ah uh, okay okay
1: you get where so, I'm coming from
0: okay so so when you when you do women seek you out for your services or because I because again sex is kind of again it could be taboo right like how do I like how do you people not people because you deal with women correct How do women? how do you establish that trust that rapport to get these women to open up to you
1: Great question. So um, yeah, women do seek me out. They reach out to me. I'm, I have a social media presence. Um, I have, you know, Facebook, I have a private Facebook group as well. Um, you know, people know people and they they share that information. So yeah, people reach out to me on Instagram or send me a DM and, you know, they're having this issue or they need help with this. And I think some of that is, you know, seeing me on social media and, and kind of me building, I know they don't know me, but kind of a rapport to think, okay, well, she seems cool. She seems legit. She seems like, you know, she knows what she's talking about. And then when, before we start coaching, we always kind of have an initial consult. So we kind of chat, we talk about things to make sure I'm, you know, I'm a good fit for them. And if they feel comfortable, and I, I would like to think I make most people feel comfortable, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then they move forward. But, you know, I think that I help them to feel that it's very safe. Like I said before, it's very safe. There's no judgment. And my whole sole purpose is to help. I'm here to help. I'm here to answer the questions that they probably weren't able to ask or were afraid to ask. You know, I'm kind of here so that they have a safe place to talk about any of the things that are going on in, in that aspect of, of intimacy.
0: Are these sessions virtual or in person?
1: So they're all virtual. Everything is done virtually. Um, nothing is in, in person.
0: Is, is that because you started in 2020, or even if there was no pandemic, you would have preferred that?
1: You know what? I because of how things happen, I don't know. That's a great question. I know it. it you know, we were in the pandemic; there was nowhere to, you <laughs> could not go out. Um, but it, it it's working. I don't know what the future holds, and if I would switch to something that's more in person. But for now, it's virtual, and I think that's great because I'm not limited to the area that I live in. I can help any woman. Um, and so for that reason, I think I would probably stay virtual for uh, the foreseeable future.
0: I'm going to go back because you talked about your mom. You said your parents divorced. Mm-hmm. So you grew up with your mom. So how did you learn to be intimate with your husband?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, now I got to think back. So, I mean, for me, like I said, I don't know. I, I've always loved health. I have a background in health. So, um, and my mom was always very open with me about any and everything. So I could ask her any and everything, and I think that definitely helped. I never was afraid to ask her any question as it related to dating, relationships. I mean, anything. She was always open and honest with me, and so I kind of fell in love with the health with health field, and so. You know, I have a background in health. I love health. And so I think even taking certain colleges, I took human sexuality in, in undergrad and I kind of always been in line with realizing about that area and not feeling kind of squirmish about it and taking, you know, sex ed classes and things like that. So I would say that's where I learned. I mean, of course, you talk to your friends and things like that, but I feel like I learned more from a, a realistic, more biological standpoint of what it was and 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 what was expected and what was I guess, you know, and that pleasure was not just for the male, it was for the male and the female. And also it was a lot about learning your body and how your body works. And I think a lot of that was done in just a lot of the formal classes that I took in like undergrad, graduate school and things like that.
0: Okay, let me let me let me let's let me be more clear because I mean I appreciate that answer. But yeah. I didn't want it to be more personal, so I wasn't more talking in the physical aspect. Okay. Um, just meant, like, Mick, because you said you you connect with your partner, like, spiritually, conversations, and things like that. So I, that's the that's more the piece I was wondering, like, how did you learn that? Or was it just something that came with time? Well,
1: I- It's weird because I've always just been, and I'm going to talk about my husband of eight years who I love. I mean, I've always just been a really, really open person. And I think I've always been in tune with myself. So when he and I met, it was easy. And I also married to someone who is a huge communicator, which makes it so much easier. And so he was very open. So I don't feel like I had to learn anything per se and like I said before my mom was super open and she was very emotionally you know available and shared her feelings and I think a lot of that was probably yeah part of my upbringing Mm. so it was it was natural for me to do it was natural for me to hug and kiss and be physical it was natural to share my feelings it was natural to have fun it was natural to you know I mean, all those things that intimacy is it was there were things that I had been doing from the time that I was you know a small child
0: you you talk you talk to the women. You mostly coach the women. Yes. But I and I, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I don't know if you can answer, but I'm gonna ask anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, where do the men come into this conversation? Because I mean, let's be honest it takes um, it takes two people to be intimate. So yes. are the are the men on board with the coaching? Are they like how does that work? Because they because we we as men have to be. Of emotionally available and in one intimacy as well. So where do we come in with your coaching or if we come in at all?
1: Yeah, so for for me and my aspect of it, I tell every woman that they need to make sure that their husband are aware that they're going to have coaching because there, there are homework and assignments that are given to them that will require them to, talk to their husband to make lists to do things where it's not just them that they all need to do that together so while i i may not sit down with their husband they are kind of an active participated per, participant in the coaching kind of on the side so it's not as if they have no idea like that what's happening what's going on and i think for most men husbands if this is something that's going to help them in that aspect that they are behind it and they're willing and ready and they're like, do it. Yes. Take the coaching. It's going to benefit us all.
0: (laughs) Do you, do you, excuse me, do you ever encounter women who fear that they may never um, regain the intimacy that they once experienced with their husband or partner?
1: Yes, I think there. Yes, I have. I think there are people who feel like, you know, there's nothing else we can do that we've come to, you know, this is tough because I'll be honest, you know, I can, I, I can help the woman, you know, in terms of trying to figure out what she wants to do better, what she wants to learn. However, you know, like you said, the husband needs to be able to help too. So it's always a better situation. If not only the husband is on board, but he's willing to be able to do the work as well. You know, but I can't, you know, I can only bring someone to the water. I can't make them drink.
0: Yeah. Is there any areas that from your experience that you, things that you see make couples start to disconnect and experience a lack of intimacy?
1: Yeah. 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 It's a whole host of things. (laughs) I think one big one, I'll say it too, is is having kids. I don't mean no harm. I love kids. I love my kids. But when you have children, it definitely um, is a big changer in relationships. Um, You know, because you go from the two of you being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it to Everything flipping and you're focusing on this child and, you know, especially when they're smaller, caring for them, feeding them, changing diapers and then, you know, then it's taking the school and things like that. And so you tend to disconnect because where it was easy for you to, you know, to go to bed at the same time and go have a date and go take a trip. You know, you have to be very intentional at that point. You have to set aside time. And I think a lot of times you kind of get into this routine. I've seen people do that. And they easily forget about focusing on themselves because everything is focusing on the kids. So I think children are, are I love the babies, but having kids requires you to be very intentional about focusing on your relationship and making sure that you're continuing to build intimacy and keeping it alive and growing and thriving.
0: I know you have kids i and do I, and i know your husband personally how long did it take you two to actually get adjusted like get acclimated to having kids
1: to having kids and you know after having kids
0: after having kids
1: okay Who well, it took a minute um and our kids are 17 months apart so we went back to back we were a little crazy um <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah we were we were a little eager we were a little eager um So I would say after my first child, um, it took a while because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about everything and then I'm just so focused on her and I'm like being a super, you know, trying to be a super mom. And I was, I was very focused on her and I had to take a step back and be like, wait a minute. It took, it took some, I would say months before I was like, wait a minute, we haven't gone out. We haven't, no, 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 we need to, you know, we were, we were starting to bicker a little bit and I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) What is going on? To say what, you know, what, why, what is going on? What's happening? And I realized, oh, okay, we need to stop. We need to kind of rethink things, you know, try to figure out in this new normal, how are we going to make sure that we connect with the two of us on a consistent basis?
0: i'm I'm really glad that you said that because um kids really do change like they they mm-hmm. they change marriage. Um have you do you being a woman and I'm sure you've talked to many mothers, do you think women struggle with admitting like, hey, kids change the dynamic of a relationship and they do affect the intimacy? You just say that women
1: struggle?
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you think women struggle? Because because that's that's let's be honest. Women, you know, men, of course, we love our kids, we care for our kids, but women are usually the more nurturing ones. Right. But so they're the ones that spending more time with the kids. So because they're spending more time with the kids, that's unfortunately taking away time from the husband. So that's why I was saying, do you think women struggle with admitting, like, hey, kids do change the relationship? And it does affect the intimacy of the relationship.
1: I don't know if they struggle with it. I think they know it and acknowledge it. I think maybe where the issue comes in is that there is a lot of, I mean, mom guilt is a real thing. And I think what happens is that moms kind of feel like, I don't know how to divvy up my time appropriately. You know, and there's this feeling of, you know, he'll be okay, he's grown, but I have to be here for these kids. You know what I mean? Like you feel bad, like, oh, These kids need me, but he'll be okay. But it's like, yeah, your kids need you. But if your relationship is crumbling because of the kids, what's going to happen when the kids leave? Because the whole purpose of raising children is that you raise them to be independent, you know, to be able to go out in the world and to make something of themselves. So they're going to leave. And so you want your spouse to still be there when they leave, right? So, so you definitely have to put that time in. But I think it, it is hard to try to figure out how to do that balancing act because you do feel bad if you, you know, you may feel like you're neglecting your kids if you're putting more time into your husband or, you know, you're scheduling a date night and someone has to watch watch the kids while you go out. But you really have to. I think one of the other issues with that is not so much that they're struggling With the idea of it, it's that a lot of moms, like you said, they are nurturing and they're balancing everything. And they have this thing called, you know, I don't know if you heard the term emotional load, where they're kind of not only doing more of the taking care of the kids, but mentally taking care of the house, doing the appointments, scheduling, you know, every, you know, the gifts that have to be purchased, taking them to doctor's appointments, and, you know, making sure the groceries are picked up and all that kind of stuff. So when your head is cluttered with everything that has to get done, Typically,
0: you're working, you're taking care your of the kids, you're just tired and burnt out. <laughs> because you're an intimacy coach, mm-hmm. um, do you feel people, like maybe your clients, uh, particularly your clients, do you feel like they, they, they're more in tune with like paying attention to how your relationship looks, maybe more maybe doing more scrutinizing? Because they just wanna, they want to make sure that you're practicing what you preach
1: talk about relationship that much in, in coaching like I'm here to focus on this woman her marriage her you know what's going on there so I'm not really bringing that into play um, the only time you may see it is if I share something on social media like you know my, my husband's he's so great he'll you know jump on some of my reels or things like that I may post a picture but you know I'm not hiding anything but I'm not necessarily sharing my marriage while I'm coaching
0: Okay, <laughs> so you don't really you don't really feel any unnecessary pressure about making sure things are good on your end, pretty much.
1: No, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel any pressure. I mean, I, I definitely feel like I I do practice what I preach. You know, I, I'm I am doing the things that I'm telling the women to, to to do as well. So you know, a lot of it is I've learned, like you said about the whole kids thing. I had to learn that you know what we gotta put we gotta put this day night on the calendar you know we got to make sure we put this time in put them kids in bed get them on a schedule so you and i can sit and talk you know things like that so i definitely am not telling them anything that i would not do or i have not done or not currently doing now
0: Let's see. what are some of the signs that a couple can see is that they can see that the intimacy is starting to lack in their relationship
1: Well, I mean, one communication, communication is a big piece if they're not talking to each other, you know, you're not talking to each other, you're not making time to spend with each other, you don't want to spend time together. Um, You know, you're, you're not connecting, you're not, text. I would want to say everyone doesn't text, but you know, you're not just doing the, the natural things you used to do. You're not hugging each other. You're not kissing each other. You know, those things that are probably the things that you did when you were dating or when you first got married. So if those things have kind of started to wane, um, that's a, that's a red flag. That's a problem. Why is that? That's when you need to kind of sit back and say, why is that happening? Why, you know, why, why do we feel more like roommates now? That That's not good. That should never be the case.
0: I'm sure that I'm sure we can agree that, you know, is is the um, the longer the marriage gets, it takes more effort to be intimate. I think that depends
1: on the couple. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. I think um, you have to be intentional no matter what. You know, I think people say, well, there's a honeymoon phase where, you know, everything is so great and and, and good and you're all hot and heavy and everything. But my husband and I didn't have a honeymoon phase. We got married and three months later, we were pregnant. So (laughs) (laughs) what, you know, like, you know, we had, we had plans. So (laughs) it wasn't like we had a year or two or three to be like all over each other. No, like out the gate, we had to be like, all right, so what we doing now? (laughs)
0: I mean, was that was that the was, was that the plan or no?
1: That was the plan. I will I will be perfectly honest with you. We knew we wanted to have kids. We knew we wanted to bring chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, look, I don't know how many eggs I got left. So let's go ahead and see if this will work. So yeah, we were very intentional and we knew that we were going to try to start having kids right away. I don't think we knew that I would get pregnant so quickly. Cause my um, my oldest was born on our one year anniversary date. Wow. So, yeah. So as as we're celebrating one year, I'm I'm in labor. Wow.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, do so, you do you ever, do you ever uh, find yourself thinking about that that honeymoon phase, or say that again? Do you ever do you ever find yourself thinking about what that honeymoon phase could have possibly been like?
1: I, you know, we do. We have conversations about that and we say, man, if we could have met like four or five years earlier, <laughs> <laughs> and we could have just traveled for like two or three and we could have, we'll talk about that. We could have done this and but you know what? That wasn't that wasn't a plan for us. That's not what God had for us. You know, we met. We were supposed to meet at the right time, and this is how it was supposed to be. So you know, while we might think about that and laugh about it, you know, had we met any earlier, I don't think it would have worked. We met at the right time, and you know, we both are firm believers in that.
0: You say if God met earlier, you don't think it would have worked
1: probably not I mean he was you know I was in a relationship he was in one I mean you know our lives were a little different I don't know that we would have we met earlier would we have still gotten together I don't know
0: oh that's that's actually interesting <laughs> I guess you're just saying like you were, you were two different people at that at that. yeah episode.
1: you know and he was in long-term relationships and I was always dating somebody so we might have even been single at <laughs> the thing you know I don't know
0: you (laughs) You
1: know i don't know so you know we met when we were supposed to meet and while like i said we didn't have that honeymoon time so which meant you know very early we had to be intentional about making sure we had someone in place to watch the kids so we can go out and you know we had to do this so we can spend time together so that's why i say i don't know that it gets harder i think every relationship is different let's say you know you get married and you know someone passes early that can change your whole relationship that can change you know grief can be a big thing for people you know so i wouldn't say that um in general you have to be more intentional over time it just depends on the two people and their situation and what's going on around them
0: Mm. because you you had kids early and i'm I'm sure, sure i'm sure other people have experienced the same thing so in that so in that situation How important is it to have a good support system? For the, you know, just for the kids? For the kids, just in general, because (laughs) that happened pretty fast.
1: It it did happen pretty fast. I mean, for everybody, it's good to have a good support system. I think if you can, it's it's not always... not everyone is able to do that but if you can it's always great to have family and friends who can pitch in and help and can be there for you because like i said in in we had our when i my youngest was nine months i was pregnant again so um yeah i think it is very important because it's going to help you but if you don't have that i'm a firm believer in you know it's not a it's not bad to hire a babysitter or hire help and we did that like You know, we hired someone to watch the when we had the second. um, We hired someone to come in that will babysit the kids so we can go out in the evenings or on the weekends. So whether it's someone that you know or family or friend or you have to pay someone, I say, you know, do what you have to do all within what you can afford. But, you know, we definitely hired someone to come watch our kids so that we can go out.
0: You know what? While you was talking, I had a thought about something. and, And actually, I want to back up. Mm-hmm. Because we was talking about um the challenges of remaining intimate, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing that I thought about is people get somebody corrected me on something, and I said, you know what, that's that's a really good point. We use the term, we used to, I used to use the term comfortable, but the person corrected me and said, no, it's not that people get comfortable in relationships, they get complacent in relationships. So, getting complacent in relationships, you said it's easy. To, you said it's, you were saying like, it's some couples don't struggle with you know keeping intimacy, but that would that's something that I think a lot of couples struggle with is just getting complacent. So I wanted you to talk more about that.
1: Yeah, I think it is very true. I think, like I said before, you kind of get into a routine and you're doing the same thing over and over and you're comfortable and he's not comfortable, ever complacent and and, and you're fine and you're good. You're like, I'm good. He's good. (laughs) We don't got to do nothing else. But I think that that's not a good way to look at it. You want to still keep things exciting. You still want to have fun together. So, you know, it shouldn't be every day going to work, coming home, eating dinner, going to sleep and then repeat. No, you need to still be doing some new things. You need, need to be, you know, having some activities together, going out, having fun, what, and whatever that looks like for you. There's no right or wrong of what that is. But I still think you need to be growing together, you know, have some shared goals, you know, H- have something that you're working towards. Cause I think when you're working together towards something and you all are on the same team and you kind of have this thing in mind, then you're going to keep growing there's no there's no room not to grow because you were like we have this thing we're trying to reach and we're going to do that together
0: i mean i'm gonna ask you because you're a coach is there anything like any specific things that you could recommend like to not get complacent like i don't know because it's just i mean when you when you go about your day-to-day
1: mm-hmm.
0: you just get in a routine and it's just it, it the routine just becomes so comfortable and you just you, it just the complacency just happens so easy
1: no it does but i think you know one thing you can do is make sure you spend five to ten minutes and maybe that's not every night but maybe a couple times a week where you're like look phone's down, tv's off and we're actually going to just talk we're going to communicate because communication is so key and so important in violent relation in any relationship so just say you know what five minutes a night, 10 minutes a night, like you and me, we're connecting, looking at each other and we're talking or, oh, excuse me. I mean, that, I think that's something that's important that um, couples can do. I always say making time to go out, making time to go out and date. And I think people get hung up on the word date or date night. And I think we need to like throw date night, that term away, the term in the gutter. But just spending time together and whatever that looks like, it doesn't have to be you get dressed up and we're going out at night. No, taking a walk that you can do together, you know, going to have coffee and sitting down. It's just you having that connection. If you want to get dressed up and go out, I say do it. But I don't think it's necessary for you to be able to spend time together. Find a new activity or hobby together. Take a class. I mean, there's so many things that couples can do to kind of keep things going and, and, you know, keep it exciting. And I think, like you said, they get in the rut and they don't want to. But little things go a long way. And people forget that. Little things go a long way. I know for my husband and I, we love watching TV shows together. Like, that's our that's our jam. We still go out. But, you know, we have some shows that we enjoy and we will not watch it without the other person. Like we will not, like we we know don't do it. It's going to be a problem. (laughs) And then when we're watching the show because he and I are both big talkers, like an hour show can take an hour and 40 because we're going to pause. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. And what would you think? And how would you do? I mean, but that's like our thing. That's one of the things that we enjoy doing because it's fun for us, you know? But I mean- just an example, but that's a fun thing we do and we probably do that at least once or twice a week. We have a show. We're like, all right, you ready? Let's go. (laughs) Wait a minute.
0: I want to back up because you said, you said the term date night, just throw that away. mm -hmm. Is that what you
1: said? Yeah, well, I don't like, I don't mind saying dates, but I don't like date nights. I don't like the night part of it because I think people think they have to go out at night. Oh. Oh, yeah, so that was the thing. And they think, oh, I got to go on a date at night. And I think people think of a date, like we have to go get dressed up and we have to go to this fancy restaurant we have to go out to eat, like it's a date. And I'm like, uh, date night. Like it doesn't have to be at night. Like it can be anything, go to lunch, you know? Like <laughs> whatever you like to do, go painting. I don't know, go hiking. It, it, I think, I think the term date night is just something that we need to kind of leave alone. Because so I think it has a lot of, um, misconceptions around that term so I would just say date <laughs> just go oh, okay go.
0: so basically you're saying when you say the date, night it, it just limits the, it yes. almost limits the time you can spend together
1: yes and, p- and people say ever people say like well date night well I don't have money to go out like I don't I can't you know we we can't afford to go out and I'm like <laughs> Well, cook a meal together, have an indoor picnic. You know what I mean? You you put on some music and dance together. You don't have to leave your house to to go on dates. I mean, in the pandemic, Dana and I dated in the basement. Mm We would have dates in the basement, like literally, like we would go down there and, you know, have our food, our drink, put on, like that That was our date. We would go down the basement because we couldn't go out in the pandemic, but we still were like, okay, no, we're still gonna dedicate this time where it's just you and I. So I, I don't, it doesn't have to be a dollar amount attached to dating or doing a date. That's my thing. It doesn't have to be at night.
0: What kind of impact do you think Social media and technology are having on relationships.
1: Oh, that's a good one. It's a it's a it's a big one. I think, and I'm not saying that social media and technology is bad because it's it's a great thing. It's opened people up to so many different areas, and I'm not gonna down it because I love it. It's helpful, (laughs) especially (laughs) my business is helpful. But I think it has allowed a lot of couples to be in the same room together, but not even talking to one another, like in the room, but it's like you might as well be in another house because you're both on your phones, you're both not communicating, you're not looking at each other, you're just on this device and it's taken away from the time you could be spending with your your person.
0: Yeah. I want to close out with this. What would you say for you is the most rewarding thing about coaching?
1: That's a really good question. I like that. I think it's just helping the women and allowing them to see that Things can be different. And and one is that they're not alone. I think a lot of women feel as if they're kind of, because the topic is taboo of intimacy, that they're kind of on their island all by themselves and there's no one that they can talk to and that no one else is experiencing the thing that they are because people aren't talking about it. And I think for them to feel as if, you know what, thank you. You see me, you hear me, you understand me, and I'm not alone. I appreciate that. You know, I, and I think they're very appreciative to know that they're not by themselves and that the the thing that they're struggling with, that they can get help with it.
0: Okay. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And just from the, the time we talked, I could tell that you know what you're talking about. And I'm sure your clients are very pleased with the work you're doing. So I hope you continue to, you know, spread your wings And and keep doing what you're doing because it's important because, I mean, especially in our community, especially in the Black community, I mean, unfortunately, we have relationships failing every day. So anybody that's doing something that can help these relationships survive is very important and it's appreciated.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. And that's what I feel too. I'm like, I want all marriages to thrive and grow. And, you know, I am all about that. I I love love. (laughs) So I'm going to champion them to to get it together. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. You got to get it together. So I appreciate the time. And this has been a blast.
0: Definitely. Before we end, please tell the people how they can get in contact with you and also how they can follow you.
1: Absolutely. Well, you can um, check out my website at www.theintimacytourguide.com. I am also on um, Instagram at theintimacytourguide.com. And if you have questions that want to reach out to me, you can reach me via email at connect at theintimacytourguide.com.
0: Well, again, thank you for everything. Thank you for your time. And I wish you all the best moving forward.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with Lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Watching the show because he and I are both big
1: talkers, like an hour show can take an hour and 40 because we're gonna pause, we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna break it down. And what would you think? And how would you do? I mean, but that's like our thing. That's one of the things that we enjoy doing because it's fun for us, you know? But I mean, just an example, but that's a fun thing we do, and we probably do that at least once or twice a week. We have a show, we're like, all right, you ready? Let's go.
0: Man, and wait a you know, minute. I want to back up because you said you said the term "date night." Just throw that away.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, I don't like. I don't mind saying dates, but I don't like date night. I don't like the night part of it because I think people think they have to go out at night. Oh. Like, oh yeah. So that was the thing, and they think, "Oh, I got to go on a date at night." And I think people think of a date like we have to go get dressed up. And we have to go to the fancy restaurant we have to go out to eat like it's a date. And I'm like, uh, date night. Like, it doesn't have to be at night. Like, it can be anything. Go to lunch, you know? Like, it, whatever you like to do, go painting. I don't know, go hiking. It. it I, can't, I think the term date night is just something that we need to kind of leave alone. Because I think it has a lot of... um misconceptions around that term so I would just say date <laughs> just go oh, okay go.
0: so basically you're saying when you say the date, night it, it just limits the, it yes. almost limits the time you can spend together
1: yes and, p- and people say people say like well date night well I don't have money to go out like I don't I can't you know we we can't afford to go out and I'm like <laughs> Well, cook a meal together, have an indoor picnic. You know what I mean? You, you put on some music and dance together. You don't have to leave your house to, to go on dates. I mean, in the pandemic, Dana and I dated in the basement. <laughs> mm we would have dates in the basement, like literally, like we would go down there and, you know, have our food, our drink, put on, like that That was our date. We would go down the basement because we couldn't go out in the pandemic, but we still were like, okay, no, we're still gonna dedicate this time where it's just you and I. So I, I don't, it doesn't have to be a dollar amount attached to dating or doing a date. That's my thing. It doesn't have to be at night.
0: What kind of impact do you think Social media and technology are having on relationships.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. It's a, it's a, it's a big one, I think. And I'm not saying that social media and technology is bad. Just, it's a great thing. It's opened people up to so many different areas, and I'm not gonna down it because I love it. It's helpful, (laughs) especially (laughs) my business is helpful. But I think it has allowed a lot of couples to be in the same room together, but not even talking to one another, like in the room, but it's like, you might as well be in another house because you're both on your phones. You're both not communicating. You're not looking at each other. You're just on this device and it's taken away from the time you could be spending with your, your, your person.
0: Yeah. I want to close out with this. What would you say for you is the most rewarding thing about coaching?
1: That's a really good question. I like that. I think it's just helping the women and allowing them to see that things can be different. And and one is that they're not alone. I think a lot of women feel as if they're kind of, because the topic is taboo of intimacy, that they're kind of on their island all by themselves and there's no one that they can talk to and that no one else is experiencing the thing that they are because people aren't talking about it. And I think for them to feel as if, you know what, thank you. You see me, you hear me, you understand me, and I'm not alone. I appreciate that. You know, I, and I think they're very appreciative to know that they're not by themselves and that the the thing that they're struggling with, that they can get help with it.
0: Okay. A, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And just from the, the time we talked, I could tell that you know what you're talking about. And I'm sure your clients are very pleased with the work you're doing. So I hope you continue to, you know, spread your wings And and keep doing what you're doing because it's important because, I mean, especially in our community, especially in the Black community, I mean, unfortunately, we have relationships failing every day. So anybody that's doing something that can help these relationships survive is very important and it's appreciated. Well, thank
1: you. Thank you. And that's why I feel too. I'm like, I want all marriages to thrive and grow and you know i am all about that i i love love (laughs) so i'm going to champion them to 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 get it together okay that's what i'm gonna do gotta get it together so i appreciate the time and this has been a blast
0: definitely before we end please tell the people how they can get in contact with you and also how they can follow you
1: absolutely well you can um Check out my website at www.theintimacytourguide.com. I am also on um, Instagram at theintimacytourguide.com. And if you have questions and want to reach out to me, you can reach me via email at connect at theintimacytourguide.com.
0: Well, again, thank you for everything. Thank you for your time. And I wish you all the best moving forward.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with lant. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.